everyone. Hello, everybody. Welcome, welcome. We hello, hello. What are you drinking? Are you drinking water or wine? It is wine, but guess what? It's in one of those, it's one of my spooky glasses. Uh-huh. I know it's not Halloween, but I like opened up my, um, I don't even know what to call that thing where I have all my wine glasses and like my, all my alcohol and yeah. stuff. But I opened the one cabinet and I saw this at the bottom. I was like, you know what? I love these wine glasses. Like they yeah. are the cutest thing. They hold a decent amount of wine. Like this I is a good, <laughs> yeah, like this is a good holiday for right here. Okay, so, okay. Yes, I'm drinking wine. It's the lighting in here. So. Yeah, it looked like water. Okay, just making sure. Well, we hope you are all joining <laughs> us and hopefully enjoying a glass of wine as well. Yeah. Here. You know, champs, whatever, whatever. We all need it. Days. We all need it. Um, welcome to the Real Football Fans of New Jersey. I believe this is quarantine episode number seven, but overall, we are already up to ow. episode 108. Mm-hmm. I just so, hit my head on something. That's why I'm saying ow. <laughs> Sorry for the we distraction. Are, uh, we are still with you every week. We are filming these um, episodes, recording these episodes. Caitlin is at her house. I'm at mine. And uh, we're still here. And obviously, we have a nice draft-themed episode for tonight because we have the NFL draft tomorrow. I can't even believe it. Oh, my goodness. I'm so excited. Um, But here we are. And so much to talk about, not just draft-wise or in the world of football, but also the world of housewives, as always. So let's get started. Um, We had three poll questions for you guys on our Instagram accounts. Again, don't forget, we do have our own Instagram now at the real football fans of NJ. So if you haven't already, please give us a follow, like some pics, comment, DM us, whatever you want to do. Just check us out. Make sure to follow us. Slide Uh, into those DMs. That is where you will find these poll questions. So we had three this week. Question number one was, you know, obviously we're going to be talking about this tonight, but um, will Gronkowski Gronkowski score over or under seven touchdowns this season, as most of us, unless you're living under a rock, know that Rob Gronkowski is coming back to the NFL, coming out of retirement and joining Tom Brady in Tampa Bay with the Buccaneers. So over or under seven touchdowns, this was actually a pretty close one, but we had 58% of you say over. So you guys think that he will score more than seven touchdowns. Caitlin, what did you say for this one? I went over and honestly, maybe this is that missing puzzle piece that their offense is missing that we, you know, consistently talk about, you know, they might just be missing like one minor thing. He might be that answer and he might be that answer that really, really drives it forward. So I'm going to go with over on this. See, I only think the missing piece that they have was at the quarterback position. Um, Cause I think they have great receivers and I think that they already have pretty good tight ends in Cameron Brate and OJ Howard. I actually went under on this because of that because I think that there's so many weapons on the offense and Chris Godwin and Mike Evans are like touchdown machines and Gronkowski isn't going to be the only weapon there so it's kind of like he has to Tom Brady's gonna have to spread that love around you know what I mean so he might not have as many touchdowns as he's used to I'm also going off the fact that uh it's very rare that Rob Gronkowski is healthy for all 16 games in the season and I have noticed that when he is not healthy for 16 games, he actually hasn't hit that mark. If he is going to play yeah. 16 games this season, there's definitely a shot for sure. But I'm going off the fact that he's got to share that touchdown love with a lot of other weapons and the fact that I don't know if he'll stay healthy for a full season. That's fair. All right, question number two. Are you going to watch the entire first round of the NFL draft tomorrow night? 
Um, the draft is going to be Thursday through Saturday, but tomorrow night is strictly the first round and first round only. 65% uh, of you said yes, you will be watching the entire thing. Caitlin, I think it's kind of obvious. Both you and I said yes to this one. But, like, come on, only 65% of you? Come on, people. I know, right? I mean, let's we watch some talking, sports. Exactly. We were just talking before about how we haven't had any sports. And granted, this isn't a game, but every year the NFL draft is something we all look forward to and something that's. Exciting. I'm treating it as a game. <laughs> and I feel like this is, you know, with everything going on, my level of excitement for the NFL draft this year is like through the roof, even more so. So I'm definitely watching. I'm not just watching I'm so excited. the full first round. I'm watching, oh. I'm watching the whole thing. Like, the entire thing. I'm so excited. I actually saw, like, a bunch of people, like, online. They're, like, putting out their draft night outfits. So <laughs> I'll tell you what. Uh, it's funny because I went back and forth between my Daniel, like, my Danny Dimes shirt and this yeah. shirt for tonight. Um, obviously, you know, two great picks by the New York Giants. Um, yeah. But I actually I wore the Danny Dimes shirt last week so or two weeks ago. So I was like, okay. We'll go with Saquon, but my draft night outfit is definitely got to be the Giants onesie. I got to okay, be comfortable. Okay. Got to. I like it. I like it. Um, okay. So, and then our third and final question, this is housewives related. This is a funny one. You know, it made me laugh, but if you could, uh, if you could, which rerun would you rather watch during quarantine? Luann in the bush or Luann's don't be, uncool episode i mean too classic like cool. honestly cool. luann like i feel like um i feel like dorinda is the one-liner queen from new york but like a lot of the big iconic moments belong to luann and these yeah. two are at the very top of the list two great episodes but 63 percent of you said if you can only pick one you want to see luann in that bush so <laughs> caitlin what did you go with I went with Luann in the bushes because, um, like, surprisingly enough, I've only seen that episode once. Okay, like, it was right. so iconic to me, I feel like. <laughs> I just needed it that one and done. But yeah. I would like to go back. Honestly, like, all of that season, I really do want to go back and watch the entire thing again. Yeah. Um, but that just... <laughs> Um, oh god yeah. maybe I've seen the clip multiple times right, but like right. I want to see like just the full the full-blown episode again. and it's funny because I actually went with the Luann uh don't be uncool episode for a similar reason of I feel like it's just been a really long time yeah. since I've seen that episode I think you watched it really I watched it like right? the other day yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I haven't actually seen it in a while and that's why I went with that one so I think a lot yeah. of these quotes kind of have to do with like oh what what haven't I seen in a yeah. while that, like I I'd like to relive. I like to watch both of them, but yeah, yeah. they're both honestly both just like both trem tremendous, tremendous. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So those were our three poll questions. Thank you guys for voting on those. And let's, let's get into the show. Let's get into our big stories of the week for football. Obviously, Katie said this before. Uh, if you've been living under a rock, you clearly have no idea what's going on. But everyone in the living universe knows yeah. what's going on with this right now. So Rob Gronkowski has been traded to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Honestly, I think we all thought Tom Brady to the Buccaneers was the wildest headline of 2020 in the sports world. I don't know. This might come second, yeah. <laughs> second, second place, or it might even beat out that first one, in it, my opinion. This is close for sure. This is big, big news. <laughs> so yesterday it was confirmed that Gronk, 
or Rob Gronkowski, is coming out of retirement and going to be playing back with Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. New England traded Gronk um, at a seventh-round pick to Tampa, to Tampa Bay in exchange for a fourth-round pick in tomorrow's draft. So we're cutting it down to yeah. the last moments here, people. So right. literally right up until the last minute, Bill Belichick's making moves, making <laughs> moves. Um, that fourth round pick, though, that's important. We, I know you saw that one scenario of Jalen Hurts potentially going to the Patriots. Maybe they'll wait until the fourth round now. Kind of crazy stuff going on. Right. Um, so Ian Rappaport, that was obviously the first area where I saw it, um, reported that the 30-year-old informed New England he wanted to play again but wanted to do so with Tom Brady down in Tampa. Gronk will honor his current contract, meaning he'll play in 2020 on a one-year deal worth $10 million hairs. So he'll be joining Tampa Bay's other tight ends, including O.J. Howard and Cameron Bray, what you said before. Um, can they keep all three? Big question coming yeah, in that's there. that's a huge question mark. Honestly, I think all three of them, though, are, and maybe this brings into play, you know, Gronkowski's weight and how he looks right now. Um, they're all three different tight ends, in my opinion. So if you can have three strong, and, and by different, I mean you have your large tight ends, and then you have your skinny kind of wide receiver tight ends, like yeah. an Evan Ingram, for example, like right, the New right. York Giants. Um, so with kind of how Gronk's looking nowadays, he's fitting know, more of that right? like skinny wide receiver. So yeah. um, all three of these guys are different in my opinion. So if you can have three strong different tight ends, like <laughs> I think they, you. I think they'll they would love to keep them. Yeah, I just don't know if it's even realistic. Yeah, well that's a good point as well. Um, so in his last season in New England before retirement, uh, Gronk played in 13 games and had 682 receiving yards and three touchdown so going off of what our poll was before under over seven only had three touchdowns in his last active season in the right. NFL so that is important to note but then again he also did not play the full season and he is prone to interest in injuries yes um I just think this story is insanely wild but now I'm hearing rumors now too that when Tom Brady was in discussions down in Tampa that he made the claim that he wanted Gronk to come back to the NFL and fight with him I and mean, he said that to other teams as well too that, that, doesn't, su that doesn't surprise me for anything it really doesn't mm -hmm. um I just kind of shook my head yesterday when I heard the news it just kind of annoyed a little bit. Yeah. It, it just reminds me of Jason Witten's exact scenario where he announces his retirement, right? A tight end who announces his retirement decides he wants to go into broadcasting. Yeah. Well. There's great money there, just as good as football sometimes. And um, he tried out Jason Witten. He was horrible. He I had to that. have known he was horrible because I'm sure he read comments and yeah. articles and that was just a well well round out everybody felt that and so he decided to come back to football and to me it's kind of like a very similar thing with Gronk he retired a lot at a lot much younger age so right caught people a little bit by surprise but I think people thought that Gronk was gonna splash into the entertainment world whether it was going to be professional wrestling movies I mean look at the look at the career like someone like John Cena has had yeah now I think Gronk kind of envisioned that for himself as well we saw him um do a little bit of commentating not like uh play-by-play -play in the games but like you know with Michael Strahan and all those guys and I he thought was he was awful. awful I really didn't enjoy him um 
and maybe he sends that as well. And, and to me, it's just the annoying thing of like, cool. So like you announce a retirement, you go to try it, you stink at it. So then you come crawling back to football. I just feel like it takes away from the fact when guys announce their retirements, it should be like a really monumental taken seriously yeah. thing. Not, oh, I'm, and, and that happened from day one that Gronkowski announced his retirement, by the way, the entire world was like, well, how long will he actually stay retired for? You know what I mean? Like, we all knew he was going to come back at some point. I just think it's wild, too. Like, I mean, I sincerely thought that he was was done. Um, I really did. I thought he was still coming back. I didn't. Um, I think a lot of it had to do with like injuries because he did speak of that, that he was very nervous. And we talk about this all the time. You know, the NFL, like it is in nowadays, like it is a scary sport to play. Um, And a lot of these guys are retiring early because of the injuries and what they are scared of, you know, in the future. So when a guy brings up an injury and injury reasons and things like that, I try to take him super seriously. And I really So this definitely like kind of like takes a step back for me. Like, are you really that indecisive or what's the problem here? I just think it's interesting too, because he went on watch what happens live the night before and said that like football wasn't in the cards. And I'm so upset. I meant to watch that episode. I was all excited for it. And then I don't know what happened. It's totally like lost. Like I forgot about it. Yeah. You get to watch it. Um, but last night I was watching Scott Van, uh, Van Pelt on ESPN and, you know, that this was up for discussion. Two things. Someone might say, New England, why did you trade him? You should have just kept him. Mm-hmm. Apparently, according to whoever I forget who he was talking to last night, um, I think it was Adam Schefter, he was saying that New England wasn't going to be able to afford that contract. They didn't yeah. even have the cap space to to keep him there on that one year, $10 million deal. So they had to let him go. So Adam Schefter was kind of making the point that it was good that New England even got anybody for him and they got a fourth round pick. So that was good in that case. But then they were showing clips of uh, Rob Gronkowski. He was doing an interview last summer and he was talking about the fact that he kind of lost the love for the game, how the only way he would come back really is if he felt in his heart that his body could handle it and handle being healthy yeah. for a whole entire season. So that's something. What I, he must think that he can come back and play 16 games. I, I don't know, but I don't know either. We'll see. And and who knows? Like you know, Tom Brady is certainly not going to be with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers forever. That's just going to be the end of his career. Like Gronk yeah. might just chill with Tom Brady in Tampa Bay until Tom Brady decides. Okay, and after a year or two, maybe three, that he's done. And then Gronk might be done as well. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's just honestly, to me, it's just, you can, you can peel it back in so many different ways. And this story and this situation is just wild. Wasn't it so interesting though? I was thinking this yesterday when the news broke, how we pulled everybody uh, for our show talking about, do you think when, when Tom Brady landed with the Buccaneers, we pulled everyone and said, do you think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to win their division now? And the majority of people said no. Yeah. It almost yeah. makes me really curious if we pulled everybody again. Okay, now that we've got Tom yeah. Brady and Rob Gronkowski to the Buccaneers, now how do you feel? I it's think my so- answer is still no. <laughs> my answer is still no, but it certainly makes things quite interesting. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But <laughs> we'll see what happens, but... Crazy, crazy stuff. Just, uh, just when you yeah. think the lull is like over, 
free agency wise and all that stuff, crazy things happen. Dude, maybe they're just doing it because they know how bored we are without sports. So like, it's like all the new NFL jerseys that are coming out. There's no right. way that all these teams had plans for new jerseys. Like, I know, I know. Out of here. Like, Very funny. Come on. All right, let's get into our second, um, and it's not so much a story, but um, we definitely wanted to make this a draft theme episode. So we've been posting to our story on our Instagram page, kind of keeping people up with what are people's, what are analysts, sports writers, commentators, what are they saying in their mock drafts? Who do they think teams are taking, where the quarterbacks are going, who the Giants, because we're Giants fans, who they would be taking at number four, trades happen, this, that, and the third. Well, today, obviously, we have a ton of mock drafts that were published across all, like, the big publications, um, kind of getting in their final mock drafts. So we specifically wanted to pull just one and go through it and kind of give our commentary and our thoughts on these picks um, and, and kind of shed light on what we think is going to happen tomorrow. So we did take a mock draft that was published today uh, with CBS Sports, and it is writer R.J. White. So we are going to pull up R.J.'s mock draft. We will go through it and uh, give our thoughts. So here we go. Um, again, CBS Sports, R.J. White. This was posted today. So pick number one. We obviously have Joe Burrow going to the Cincinnati Bengals. I have I can't even remember the last time I that I ever read a mock draft for this year that didn't have Joe Burrow at number one. If something else happens, I will. Uh, it would be the biggest shock in the last five drafts. In my the opinion. only the only craziest the only other thing I've seen besides Cincinnati taking Joe Burrow at one is like once in a blue moon you'll see a random draft a mock draft that has Miami trading to one to take Joe. Yeah. So this yeah. kid's going number one, and apparently I, yeah. I read a thing that um, the Cincinnati Bengals have already informed him like, hey, we're taking you first. Mark. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Pick number two. This is also a no brainer. I can't remember the last time I read a mock where he wasn't going where he was going. We have Chase Young going second uh, edge rusher out of Ohio State to the Washington Redskins. I mean, I think it's a no brainer, but I've also seen a lot of, you know, um, mocks where the Detroit Lions actually stay at number three and they get Chase Young. Um, I don't know who replaces him in these mocks um, at the second pick for the Redskins, but I have seen that multiple times. I feel like a month ago, and I remember I told you this, I, I would once in a while see a random mock draft that would have Tua at number two to Washington and Washington just saying Dwayne Haskins it's not going to work. We're going. Yeah. To. That would be honestly another like shocker in my opinion as well. Like I would be completely shocked if Joe Burrow didn't go number one. Um, and if Tua felt found himself in that two spot, yeah. um, but you, you're someone like the Washington Redskins, like you're tanking in all facets of your organization. You go for the, one of the best players. Oh, hell yeah. And that person is Chase Young at this point. Yeah. I think um, I feel bad for teams when they're like in the top three picks and that draft just doesn't have like a clear cut, like number one, number two. Like when we took Saquon Barkley, it was like we had the second pick and it was just kind of like, all right, you can't mess it up. You're going to take Saquon Barkley and we can all feel good about it. It's a sure, it's like a sure bet. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what they have here with Chase Young. Oh, he's just such an attractive, you know, edge rusher. And you just, you want yeah. that so badly for your team. And it's like, of course, I'd love him to be on the New York Giants, but just to see him go to the Redskins, you're like, oh. I know, I know, I know. 
Um, pick number three, we have Detroit uh, staying in place. I know Detroit definitely might be fielding calls tomorrow in, in moving, moving spots. But they have cornerback Jeff Okuda from Ohio State. I have seen that this is their guy in the majority of mock drafts that I've read. And good news for them, if this is their guy, they definitely can trade down a spot, two spots, and still still get him. Mm. So I feel as though this is going to be a surefire thing for Detroit, whether they stay at that three spot or maybe pick at like five and Miami comes and takes their pick. It's not a – it's not a – like a, I don't know what the right word is, um, but the cornerback position, um, like you just said, like they yeah. can trade up um, and still get him later yeah. on. Uh, well, sure. well, let's like not forget either that they lost their number one cornerback in Darius Slay. So right. this is like 100% filling a void. It just makes yeah. sense for them. Listen, I'm just, I'm guaranteeing that the Lions or the Giants are moving. Like I am putting my bets behind it it could be it's going to be either one it could be both it's going to be either one in my opinion one of them is moving so that's the one thing I disagree with in this draft so this mock draft so far right because we have Detroit staying put at number three we also have the Giants staying put at pick number four he has Jedrick Wills Jr. offensive lineman from Alabama and that's my draft like that is my draft pick and like I know a lot of people like would want to like hang me from the nearest thing and be like come on like Isaiah Simmons like I get it I get it I would love Isaiah Simmons as well but Jedrick Wills Jr. is just such um and you're gonna hear this phrase from me a lot tonight such an attractive offensive lineman like it's it's the one that you want it's the um Quentin Nelson of the group, like you of this draft, like it's yes. the key. This is him. Like this is him. So yes. I just, I, I'm happy that this guy put this in his mock yes. because it's, it's. We've seen a lot of Isaiah Simmons. Simmons and, and it's not even in mock drafts. It's just people out there like no oh, brainer, like Isaiah Simmons to the New York Giants. Like, and if they draft him, so be it. I'm a happy right. camper either me way. Too, me too. But this is the one at the end of the day that yeah. I, I believe in. We've spoke about several times on this show what we want and what we expect and what we think for the Giants at number four. And I think you and I have both agreed that we would like an offensive lineman. Again, like you said, I agree. I'm not going to be upset if it is Isaiah Simmons. Mm-hmm. And to me, as far as offensive linemen, I don't care whether it's uh, Jedrick Wills, whether it's Becton, whether it's Tristan Wirfs. Whoever the Giants oh, he's studied, good. and obviously they've studied all three, whoever they feel is the strongest, mm-hmm. I trust them to do their job and pick that guy. Yeah. Um, so, and again, something that I like, if we're going to go offensive linemen, people are like, oh, but Isaiah Simmons, uh, there's a guy that I like that I, he might be gone by the time we pick at the beginning of the second. But a guy like Zach Vaughn, if the Giants can pull off taking an offensive yeah. lineman, and then get linebacker Zach Vaughn in the second, that's my ultimate win dream scenario for the Giants. I also need to touch on here too, that the Giants in history, like it's, and you can all look it up, do well in the second round, like do phenomenal in the second round. So you you got guys like Landon Collins, Jason Pierre-Paul, like that's just, yeah. It's yeah. do well in the second round. Maybe that well doesn't pan out like for long term. Right. <laughs> I mean, you still have Sterling Shepard, so that's fine with me. But um, it's just the history. I think you got to look back, like even like way back in the day, like early 2000s Giants, 90s Giants, like we thrive in the second round. So yeah. I agree with you on that point. Like we could wait and get a guy like him and right. do really well with him. So, exactly. All right. Pick number five. Um, <clears throat> this has been 
pretty popular, uh, seen it all throughout mocks. We have Miami staying in place at pick number five and taking quarterback to it, Tagovailoa from Alabama. No true shocker here. It's not a shocker. I just, I don't know. I just think it's too early for I'm going to make a comment and say that I like that this mock draft at least has Tua before Justin Herbert because I'm starting to see a lot of things where people, I, I guess they're still worried about Tua help-wise, taking Justin Herbert over Tua, and I think that's the wrong move. So I just think a quarterback in this slot is the wrong move. Okay, well, Miami, Miami desperately needs a quarterback. Aware, but I just – And it's got to be one of the top quarterbacks – and and I agree with. Well, this. look at the other teams. I think we've said this a lot too. That are on this list. Are they desperate for a quarterback? Not really. I think my and I think Miami is one of the biggest need. Like they're one of the teams that desperately, desperately need a quarterback. They've got Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, what the hell are you supposed to do? Right. So. All right. right. Yeah. Pick number six, this one surprised me. We have the Los Angeles Tar Chargers taking offensive lineman Andrew Thomas from Georgia. Uh, obviously, we've seen a ton of mocks that have Justin mm. Herbert here at this spot. Another quarterback needy team. Um, and it kind of surprised me that if you're not going quarterback and you want to go an offensive lineman, it did surprise me that it was Andrew Thomas yeah. that was going at this spot and not somebody like Tristan Wirfs or Mekhi Becton. You know, it's funny when it comes to, um, like, the linemen of the, the group. Um, you find that teams really um, – you have your popular guys. You have, like, your – especially for, like, linemen. You know, it's not wide receivers and running backs where you have, like, a laundry list of really talented kids that are entering the draft. The linemen, you know, you got good ones, but you have, like, maybe two or three standouts. Yeah. Or, like, names that – household names that people right. would know. But when it comes to drafting them, teams get very cozy and comfortable with guys that maybe they, for instance, right now we're Skyping people, we're phone interviewing people. Yeah. Um, but, you know, after the combine, you know, they get cozy with people and it might not be the people that you know by name. Um, yeah. they, it's like with the Giants with Daniel Jones last year. Like, and that was, you know, an anomaly because it was a quarterback position. Um, yeah. But like, I think when it comes to linemen and kind of these, I don't want to call them secondary positions, but they're not like the stars of the, you know, like the spotlight, you know, people, the exciting people that you get to, to draft, to wear their jersey, things like that. Teams really do their research behind the teams and talk to a lot of these people. And I think this is an instance right here where they, they probably spoke to those top three guys. Absolutely. But they spoke to a bunch of other people too. And Andrew Thomas might be just, hitting that sweet spot for them. Well, I think the thing with offensive linemen is really what it is, is I think it has to do with whether you're an offensive tackle, a guard, a center, and like where you're lacking the most on your offensive line currently, whether you have a guy who, oh, I can still draft him because he can shift around the offensive style, line. Yeah. That also is a huge factor mm -hmm. as well, so. All right, pick number eight. We spoke about this on the show last week, that it's, it's a not-so-well-kept secret that Atlanta wants to trade up from their 16 pick. And in this mock draft, we have Atlanta trading, coming up to pick number eight, taking the Arizona Cardinals pick, and selecting. Remember, we were like, who's their guy? Who do they want so badly that they're coming up? Uh, they're taking C.J. Henderson, quarterback, from Florida. So, yeah. 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 Um, Again, we, we talked about them last week. 
it seems as though everybody knows knows that they want to come back. And um, if, you, if you go at a guy who you think is a shutdown corner and could be the number one cornerback on your team, they're definitely lacking in that position right now. Then you just have to be willing to decide what's worth giving up. So. I just wonder how, you know, and I don't want to use the word like desperate because I think that's like a poor choice of word, but like trading for in the first round, like trading things away, especially if you're a team like the Arizona Cardinals, like, how much are you getting for that pick? So again, yeah. like, like you said, like if, is it worth it? So, um, but just one minor note, um, we missed pick seven, which is a big one for this draft. Oh my God. My bad. That's a big <laughs> I, one. It's I, a haven't, doozy. I haven't chugged a holiday for you. It's just my bad. I'm, I'm completely sober. Um, pick number seven. Yes. Carolina Panthers uh, taking linebacker Isaiah Simmons from Clemson. Now what yeah. I, thought about before when I read this mock is any other draft year you'd see this guy going probably in the top three picks it just so happens that the teams ahead of him you know a lot of them need quarterbacks and I think if you can get a kid like Isaiah Simmons at pick number seven and he just falls in your lap like just that, sitting pretty and he comes that's a that's a dream scenario for the Carolina Panthers but it's also interesting too because as we get into like picks like seven to like 11 maybe um those teams like have to be on edge like they have to be like have multiple scenarios in their mind and that's hard in my that's probably the hardest thing about being a head coach GM like in this process because you can have your heart set on a guy um you could be the Atlanta Falcons with your heart set on someone and you're going to trade up and you get denied that trade real quick you have to figure it out so it's not like you're you have the first I think I I think there's going to be trades going on with the Giants and the the Lions but like in a a traditional draft like maybe one through five is pretty steady like you're pretty you're going to be good there but as you get up and to have a guy like Isaiah Simmons fall in your lap like I said before like you're sitting pretty he comes that's phenomenal but it might not always be the case so what I don't even know what scenarios the Panthers have in their mind and it but for them I mean good for them if that happens yeah well I think that just speaks that like how good this draft is and how good these prospects are because I'm gonna say another guy this is our next pick pick number nine who I think is gonna be a stud and again he's at number nine so we've got the Jacksonville Jaguars taking uh defensive lineman Derek Brown from Auburn he is um, really good. And I only know that he's good because I hate all so <laughs> I I read um, an article just the other day on NFL.com predicting out of this whole draft class who they thought were going to be all pros, who they thought were going to be pro bowlers, and who they thought would be, you know, so on and so forth. And there was like five guys that they were like, these guys are going to be all pros. And Derek Brown was on that list. Like yeah. Derek Brown is – even though he's at number nine, it just goes for what a team needs. Mm -hmm. Realistically, he's probably like the fifth best prospect in this class. So again, this is great being a team at nine, being able to get such a high caliber uh, caliber player. Agreed. Um, Okay, this is an interesting one. Pick number 11, we have another trade. uh, Oh no, I'm sorry, pick number 10. We have another trade. This was originally the Cleveland Browns and we have the Denver Broncos coming up to take what I think is going to be the top wide receiver in this class in Alabama's Jerry Judy. Oh, he's so good. I think this would be phenomenal for the Broncos. And I'd be willing to give up a little bit because of the fact that after this pick, we have several teams that are going to be looking at wide receiver in the Jets, the Raiders, the Niners, the Eagles. 
Um, and I think for Denver, if they're like, no, we want Judy and we really think he separates himself from the pack, it makes sense to leapfrog all those teams and land your guy. Yeah, and then you're going to have the Jets in the next pick totally kicking themselves in the ass because they totally could get away with getting <laughs> Jerry Judy in the first round. Yeah. Um, because, honestly, he is just um, insanely talented. Um, and, again, I know him very well, you know, being playing for Alabama. So I have watched the kid for, you know, the past three years. Um, great, he's freaking insane. Um, and, it, and it really just goes to show, you know, like you had just said before, like the talent of this draft and kind of just like where everyone's sitting because as a wide receiver, like in many other years, yeah. like he would have gone real early, like definitely yeah. first three picks. Like he is that Absolutely. talented. Yeah. Okay. Pick number 11, as you said, the New York Jets are here at 11. Uh, and we've got CBS Sports actually has position wise ranked number one for their position offensive lineman Tristan Wirfs from Iowa. We've definitely seen him pegged in several mocks to the Giants at four. So this is a stud as well. Yeah. Um, and I know for like, I, I feel like I've been saying no for a fact that the Jets are either going offensive lineman or wide receiver at this pick. And whether they go one way, or the, one way or the other, they should be able to get a really good, yeah. uh, really good pick. But I, I would like to see them get a wide receiver. But getting a, a strong offensive lineman to protect Sam Darnold, it makes sense as well. But they desperately need offensive yeah. weapons. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, pick number 12. This is going to the Las Vegas Raiders. We now have our second wide receiver off the board in what I think is the second best wide receiver in mm -hmm. CeeDee Lamb out of Oklahoma. So I definitely think he's going to, you know, if you're not, if Judy's your guy and you don't get him, CeeDee Lamb is not a bad consolation prize. I think he's going to have a really I think he's going to be a talented wide receiver as well. And you kind of just stay put and have the chips fall as they may. And, and this is still a good pick for the Raiders. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, pick number 13, San Francisco's picking here. They got that pick uh, from the Indianapolis Colts during free agency. And they, this is a team that you really, really need to watch tomorrow as far as trade-wise. They have two picks in the first at 13 and 31. But let it be known that after those two first-round picks, the Niners don't have another pick until the fifth round, which is insane. Yeah. So if the Niners don't trade away one of these first-round picks to. to collect more – they'll be insane. Like, That's my, one of my other like guarantees of going in the first round yeah. um, tomorrow. Like I already said, like the lions or the giants will make a move or yeah. someone will make a move for them. Um, this is my other guarantee, a hundred percent putting all my money behind it. The uh, 49ers are giving away one of their picks. Don't be surprised people. They could give away too. Like seriously, they, could they honestly could. And, and it's, it's, <laughs> I feel like I wish we were in that position. They're the defending <laughs> NFC champions. They have a roster full of really young and really talented players. And yeah. I, they draft so well. I really do feel like over the last few years, <clears throat> the Niners have ha been yeah. the best teams at drafting. It's young. put them where they is today, 100%. Collect, collect more draft picks because yeah. you can't have zero picks in two, three, and four. That's crazy. So in this mock, we do have San Francisco take, uh, staying put. Not taking a wide receiver like I thought they would at this, but defensive lineman Javin Kinwa from South Carolina. He's supposed to be a really good player too. So I, it's, not, it's not a bad pick by any means. But again, I'd like to see them 
either trade out or if they're staying at 13, I'd rather see them get a wide receiver. Yeah, so it's not like a bad pick. It's just a pick, in my opinion. And I think if you're in the first round, like your pick needs to be on point. So, All right, pick number 14. This is Tampa Bay. This is certainly surprising because this is pick number 14, and we've seen this guy going at number four to the Giants. So we yeah. have offensive lineman Makai Becton out of Louisville. This makes perfect sense to me that Tampa Bay, with him still on the board, would take him to protect Tom Brady. Absolutely. Yeah, so that to me is a good one. Um, then we have pick number 15. We have the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, this isn't a trade. So they're taking the Browns pick and desperately, desperately need wide receivers. Taking probably the third best wide receiver, in my opinion, in another Alabama boy, Henry Ross the third. So like Jerry Judy's a beast, like Henry yeah. Ruff is just right there. And it's um it's these are guys that, like, I'm just so excited to – because I feel like as much as, like, Alabama, like, did have a down season last season, like, their past couple of seasons for them have been really exciting, and a lot of those kids are – they're entering the draft now. Um, yeah. It's just I can't wait to see them at that this next level. Yeah. Great talent is always coming out of Alabama, and uh, we've stressed so many times on this show that Philly desperately needs wide receivers. Mm -hmm. So that makes sense. Um, pick number 16 – we now have Arizona Cardinals taking that pick from the Falcons. They swapped. Um, I, I don't know this guy too well. LSU fans are going to kill me. Kalavin <laughs> Chison. Chason. Chason. Edge rusher from LSU. I'm not going to speak on him. I don't know too, too much about him. Um, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but there we go. Um, pick number 17, we have the Dallas Cowboys taking cornerback AJ Terrell out of Clemson. This one makes sense to me. Um, they gave up Byron Jones in free agency. Yeah. That's filling a void. You know, always, always what you're looking to do. And, and I think this is a good prospect right here. Um, pick number 18. We have the Miami Dolphins. Uh, they, they got this pick from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Taking offensive lineman, he's specifically a center, Cesar Ruiz from Michigan. This is a guy I really like, and I do mm -hmm. expect him to be a first-rounder. I did think that he was going to be more towards the end of the first round. I even saw a mock that I really liked today where the Giants um, came up from their early pick in the second to the last pick in the first to take him. And I, I like that. Yeah, I like that as well. <laughs> Even in that mock, we still had, I think we were taking like Tristan Works. So we were taking two off. Yeah. And I was like, I'm I with dig it. it. I, yeah. dig it. I dig it. <laughs> um, so Cesar Ruiz, that's a name we should all look out for. I think he's okay. going to be really, uh, really good. So that's a good pick for Miami. Uh, pick number 19, this is going to the Raiders. We have cornerback Jeff Gladney. Um, he's definitely a, a top cornerback prospect. A lot of good cornerbacks in this first round. Yeah. Um, so again, like if, if you're looking for cornerback, you can kind of stay put. Like again, that kind of shows with the Atlanta Falcons moving all the way up to get CJ Henderson. Like, mm -hmm. do you need to go that far up? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, pick number 20, we have Jacksonville Jaguars. So many wide receivers. The record is by the way, seven wide receivers in the first round. I can't remember what year it was, but that's the record. So mm -hmm. we'll see if we break that tomorrow night. But we have LSU wide receiver Justin Jefferson. Uh, again, like, I, I, I have good faith in these wide receivers in this first round. A lot, of, a lot of really good talent at this position. 
Yeah. Um, pick number 21, we have the Cleveland Browns taking offensive lineman Ezra Cleveland from Boise State. Again, ton of really good offensive linemen. That's exciting, at least yeah. for us. I know we, we love to see that. Um, pick number 22, the Vikings taking cornerback, another cornerback, Jalen Johnson out of Utah. Here's where we get back to some interesting stuff. You might have been like, did, did they skip over Justin Herbert? Because, you know, usually he's like at number five or number six. No. We have New England sitting pretty at number 23 and taking Mr. Justin Herbert, quarterback, out of Oregon. To me, at this, this is bold. To me at this point, if Justin Herbert is still on the board and New England just sits there at 23, I feel like it forces their hand. Don't you think so? I know. I, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like it forces their hand a little bit of like, okay, come on, New England. He's still on the board. Like, you should take him. But I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, to me, maybe it's just me still like just not believing that Tom Brady isn't their quarterback and they're like in desperate need of one. Yeah. To me, the Patriots just never scream out that they need a first round quarterback. Listen, I don't disagree with you by any means. I think they can hang out and take a quarterback in the second or the third. I'm just saying I think it forces their hand a little bit if Herbert's still on the board at this spot. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm torn with that. Um, it would be interesting. I, yeah. we've, seen, we've seen so many mocks with Jordan Love going to New England at 23. Never did we do we usually yeah. see this because he's not – Herbert's usually gone by this pick. So. Right. It, it makes me wonder, like, what they would do in that scenario if he would still be on the board. Absolutely. Um, pick number 24 going to the New Orleans Saints. We've seen a lot of mocks say that Jordan Love would go to the Saints with this one. But they are taking linebacker Patrick Queen out of LSU. A lot of and, LSU boys. No surprise there. And, yeah, and I'm not going to say, like, I know a ton about uh, Patrick Queen either. But my husband did uh, take a look at this mock, and he felt as though – Patrick Queen is somebody who has the potential to be just as good as Isaiah Simmons at the okay. same position. So that, that's saying something. So I guess, I guess this is a good pick at 24. Listen, LSU had a phenomenal Four. defense. So the boys coming off of that roster are very talented. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For <laughs> sure. You're right. You're right. Um, pick number 25. We have, in a mock draft trade, the Chargers taking the Minnesota Vikings pick. We were all scratching our heads a little bit, not taking the quarterback at six. They're jumping back into the mix, and at 25, taking quarterback Jordan Love out of Utah State. Mm -hmm. He's such a wild card to me. Like, he really he's is. He's either going to hardcore pan out, or people are going to be kicking in themselves that they yeah. ever made him a first-round pick. Yeah. Like, I, I struggle between, is this kid, like, a diamond in the rough, or should he really be a third-round quarterback? But he's so – his name is everywhere, I feel. I, Not just is. for drafts. Like, he's all over social media. His name is – you know, even when he was playing in college, his name was everywhere. And it's I not – so I – I don't know. I, I But I – again, like, I struggle. I don't – it's total hit or miss on this kid, yeah. honestly. We're either going to look at this, like, a year or two from now and be like, oh, my God. Remember when they wasted that first-round pick on Jordan Love? Oh. Or we're going to say, wow, he, that kid actually really legitimately panned out. Yeah. 
Um, okay, pick number 26, we have the Miami Dolphins, another offensive lineman, uh, Josh Jones out of Houston, 6'5", 319, big boy. Big boy. Um, big boy, big hog, Molly. Um, <laughs> pick number 27, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars, another offensive lineman. Another Austin. big boy. Yeah, 6'5", 322, even bigger. Austin Jackson out of USC. Um, pick number 28, we had the Baltimore Ravens taking linebacker Kenneth Murray out of Oklahoma. Uh, pick number 29, we had the Tennessee Titans, offensive lineman, 6'5", 23, Robert Look Fine. at all these linemen going in the first round. That is what yeah. I like to see. It's truly unbelievable. It may, you know what? What, is, what does that tell you? If the Giants take Isaiah Simmons at number four, we can they still can get someone, still potentially yeah. get a really good offensive lineman early in the second. Yeah. So a lot of, lot of great guys here. Robert Hunt, offensive lineman out of Louisiana, pick number 29 to the Titans. Pick number 30, we have the Green Bay Packers, uh, another linebacker. Saw a lot of linebackers as well in the first round. Jordan Brooks out of Texas Tech, um, which is, you know what I was just going to say, I don't know much about him. Very interesting. Um, I don't know if this is CBS Sports or just this specific writer in general, but he has him as the 11th best linebacker and the number 139th prospect overall. So that's very interesting that yeah. this would be the pick at 30 if that's the case. Um, Herbal. And then pick number 31, um, we have, oh, oh here, here we go, San Francisco 49ers trading that pick mm. happy to see that and the indianapolis colts taking that pick at number 31 and taking etor gross matos edge rusher from penn state um he has a really inspiring story so i've actually yeah. seen him on sports center espn a lot uh and he he's definitely a first round talent so and there's i feel like there hasn't been a lot of edge rushers now that's the third through. one in the first round yeah so, exactly that's a decent amount for the first round i think oh no i feel like it's not i really? feel like yeah, because I'm. I feel like if I want, if I need something on defense, and granted, you're going to take what you need, but yeah. like the yeah. stud, like the studs of the defense are kind of like the cornerbacks, or if it's like a big sack guy, like a big defensive yeah. end. So I am a yeah, little you're surprised. Right. Um, you're right. You're right. And then last pick, Kansas City at 32, taking cornerback Trevin Diggs out of Alabama. I can't even fathom that it wasn't until like two days ago that I learned. That he's Stephen Diggs' little brother. Duh, Katie. I freaking knew. <laughs> Duh. Hey, Trayvon might be giving him for a run for his run for his money too. Uh, Trayvon's good. Yeah. Uh, so, no, he's definitely. I've seen him in a lot of definitely first round. Uh, yeah. And I, I can't even believe that I never knew that, but I never knew that. But that he would be, in my opinion, like I definitely give him first round credit. Like I do see him. Like you know, like. But I, to me, and it's funny because, like, we'll go into this later with our game, you know, doing a lot of research, like, over the past couple of years with drafts, a lot of strong people are coming later on. And we don't realize that, obviously, till years after. Right. Um, Trayvon, for me, is one of those kids that could be a strong second, third round pick, in my opinion. Um, he definitely has first round credentials. And right. it's no shocker to me tomorrow night if he goes in the first round. Right. Um, but a kid like him, don't hang your head low or teams do not, like, you still go after him hard in the second round. So. Okay, okay. Well, there's 
like three things that I take away uh, are one thing and three yeah. little points to it. Um, a lot of offensive linemen, a lot of wide receivers. I love to see and it. A lot of cornerbacks. Yeah. Cornerbacks, offensive linemen, wide receivers. I mean, that mock alone speaks to me that those are like the three positions that are just loaded in this year's draft. So. Yeah. Again, like, don't be so quick to possibly jump up and trade a pick thinking that you got to get a, you need to get a guy because, for example, if it's a wide receiver or a cornerback, like, you can still land just as good, if not maybe even better, staying where you're staying. I think with this draft, too, um, and I said this before, like, with drafting linemen, you know, you have the three guys that maybe everyone in, in the world knows their name, and then you've got multiple other people. I think that's kind of the way this is for the entire draft at all positions. I think there's a lot of good guys out there right now. And we maybe yeah. only know two or three names at each position that yeah. everyone is fully aware of, knows their background story, knows. But in reality, there's probably like 15, 20 guys at each oh, position that are definitely. wildly, insanely good. I'm going to say right now, if tomorrow the Giants take um, one of the offensive linemen at four, I'd like them to maybe try and get linebacker Zach Vaughn in the second. Mm -hmm. Or if they take Isaiah Simmons at four, I'd like them to get a player like Cesar uh, Ruiz either at the beginning of the second, yeah. maybe trade into the very end. We have, the Giants have a ton of picks, by the way. We do. We have yeah. a lot, a lot of picks. Yeah. So honestly, like if they decide to go Isaiah Simmons at four and then they can still land a really strong offensive lineman by trading into the very end of the first, they should do so. Well, that's what they did last year. Yeah. Um, they traded up until who did we get? Uh, yeah, DeAndre Baker. Oh, no, no. They traded, they traded yeah. the first and took the very last pick in the first round. They had three first rounders last year. But right. they came back into the first at the very end and took yeah. quarterback DeAndre Baker. Yeah. So honestly, like that, we have so many picks that could be a really potential scenario for the Giants. Yeah, absolutely. I'd like to see some, just, you know, let's see what we can do. Move some yeah. things around, move some pieces, but yeah, no, that was good. All right. Uh, we'll come back to football later, but let's get into our big stories of the week for housewives. So I'll kick it off with, uh, it's like a, a second up. It's a follow up. It's a sequel yeah. to yeah. last week when we spoke about Bethany Frankel and all the drama llama there, her with exiting Real Houses of New York. So she's not happy with Bravo as the show goes on without her. Well, you know what? The show was going on anyway, Bethany. So yeah. um, she took digs at Bravo after the Real Houses of uh, New York premiere. Yeah. Um, said that the, the beginning, the opening, we spoke about this last week, was a you know, middle finger to her. And we went through that. Um, she also said the show is sort of uh, not maybe the right content to inspire people. I uh, went over that last week. Maybe she thought she was the one character that could go out, inspire, make a difference um, right. for a show like Real Housewives. So um, Andy Cohen is reportedly upset by the comments. I mean, as I would be as well. Yeah. Um, feels the show really helped build her brand. And I 100% agree with that. Yeah. Um, think of she's one of, if not the most successful yeah. housewife across all the franchises. She built that skinny girl brand. Essentially, we saw it. She was selling skinny girl products in like a shop right. in a grocery store. Yeah, like she was like, so, a fan, like no one knew who she was, and she was selling like granola bars. I would never say she wasn't a hardworking woman because clearly yeah. she was out there hustling. Yeah, but it put her on the map for sure. 
Absolutely. Um, so Bethany also reportedly threw a fit when a Real Housewives of uh, New York producer said the show doesn't need her. Um, Luann also made comments recently on a podcast that the show doesn't need her either. Um, so here's the quote from Luann. I feel this season because Bethany's not there. The women have a place to express themselves and show more of their personality. And I think this is the best season yet. It's like Bethany who is the best season ever. Listen, um, I, I think Bethany's taking it a bit too extreme right now. And I understand why Andy Cohen and Bravo are upset with her. I do also understand why she's upset with Bravo and Real House of New York. Um, I think Luann's comment is a little extreme. Um, I think the show needs Bethany, in my opinion, um, because well, now they have survived without her in the past. No, I'm aware of that. I, I know. I, I just, I think she's really has molded herself over the past couple of seasons. Like I was really looking forward to kind of see like where she would be at this point in her life right now. Um, and I don't know, cause now we're seeing kind of like the evil and dark sides of like Dorinda and Sonia and Ramona. That, that hurts my heart. <laughs> Like, we're seeing, like, dark, yeah. dark sides of them now, too. So for the Luann to come out and say it, and for Luann to come out and say it, it's yeah. like, come on, Luann, like, yeah. we've all had a problem with you. I kind of also think Luann likes the fact that she's kind of the star of the show now. Because usually, yeah. especially, and it, it, I took notice to it, when they do their taglines at the very beginning of the show, they leave, like, the big star as the last one. Yeah. Luann's the last one. She's kind of like the queen of the castle now. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm sure she's relishing in that. But here's a really interesting question for you, totally off the cuff, that I just thought about as we're talking about this. Let's say Bethany was still on this season, right? Mm. And we've seen Bethany have sidekicks in Carol. Her and Carol got along like gangbusters for a really long time. She obviously was very close with Jill Zarin at one point. They were like freaking a frack. What do you think if Bethany was still on this season, how she would get along with Leah? Because they kind of feel a little similar to me in a way. I don't think they would get along, to be honest. No? Because I think Bethany makes a lot of those like, like, uh, those like off-handed like comments. I don't know if that's the right phrase, off-handed. Oh, yeah. But like she makes like those comments like all the time and clearly it doesn't seem like Leah appreciates them. Um, she can handle them maybe, but she's not really appreciative of them. I, or just, just I just feel like Leah is, is, number one, Leah's a little bit closer to in age to Bethany. Like a, a lot of the women were, much, yeah. were older than Bethany. And I just feel like they're like, two young like hip kind of moms like they have very like sarcastic witty like funny quirky comments like they i see similarities between the two so i don't know if that would either make them butt heads or if they that would be like her new little bf i just don't think i don't i don't see them getting along really okay all right that was just like an interesting thing that i was just like thinking yeah talking about it but all right. Well, let's get into our second big story of the week in the world of housewives. Uh, it seems like every week we've got a coronavirus housewife story. Luckily, we're not reporting that anybody has it. So that's no, yes. And honestly, like Jennifer is feeling better. Um, you know, obviously, we know Andy's feeling better. So everybody's yeah. doing okay. But this is a story about Miss Kelly Dodd um, making some surprising a little bit insensitive comments about the coronavirus and the pandemic that we're all going through right now. Um, this past week, Kelly took to her Instagram saying she was tested for COVID-19. I think she, she's okay and she was feeling fine. Apparently, her ex kind of like forced her to go take it, but she says she doesn't have it. She's okay. Yeah. She, but she didn't get tested. Um, and 
she also uh, revealed that she's recently traveled on airplanes. So she did get comments about that. People saying like, you, should, you know, kind of give her flack for that. And um, hold on. I think I have breaking news. Oh, is it from no, my it's brother? Not breaking news. Yeah. Um, We're in the middle of our show. Caitlin's brother. This is kind of breaking that. news though. Dorit from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills graduated from Quinnipiac University. So, like, I everyone in family minus Caitlin went to Quinnipiac, and I went to Quinnipiac for a little. So, I thought it was breaking news because it was in all caps. <laughs> but very interesting. I thought it said Dorinda at first, and I was like, ooh. But oh, no. I would have died. I would have died. I hate Dorit, okay. honestly. No surprise. She's a big <laughs> So anyways, um, back to the story. Kelly did say that she recently traveled on an airplane. A lot of people were commenting, not liking that she did that. And Kelly basically was defending herself. She commented back saying, if it's dangerous, why are the airlines still flying? You think I want to fly? I had to get back. How is that elitist? Do you know how many people died from the H1N1, the swine flu, or SARS? It's 25%. Get your facts straight. You're only hearing numbers, not the reality. It's God's way of thinning the herd. I don't wow. think she had to throw that last line in there. She could, have, she could have stopped it before that. Holy moly. When you, you were the one that pointed this story out to me and told me about this. And when you told me what she said, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. That's really wow. horrible. I mean, there's, yeah. there's, there's thousands and thousands of people that are losing um, family members. Yeah. Horrible virus. And she's saying, oh, well, we're just getting rid of the weak ones. I mean, I, ooh, ooh, talk Not about putting your foot in your mouth. That was yeah. really, really bad. She, she has since deleted those comments. No freaking yeah. surprise if she has a publicist. Um, and she is just receiving major backlash over it from people and yeah. she's been trying to apologize profusely, but I have a quote from her, um, with her apology and I feel like it's really half-assed. You tell me. Oh yeah. Time. Um, she said, I'm not insensitive. I feel bad for all the families that lost loved ones. And I do think that we should all stay home and protect everybody. That's not what I meant. And I want to apologize to anyone who got offended. Okay. I'm sorry. I hope you can all forgive me for saying something so ridiculous and so stupid. So again, please accept my apology. What uh, she said, that's not what I meant. What do you mean then? Like, I'd love to know like what that means. Touche, touche. Like, She's always that been just, like half that just, reminded me, that just reminded me of the New York episode when they didn't know like how to properly use touche. <laughs> right? When they were talking about the word touche. Touche. And they like, did, they like didn't know like how to use it. And they were <laughs> Who said someone said it? They said it properly though. And they were like, no, it's incorrect. I know. But they were like, they were like confusing themselves. Like, I was like, what? Like, okay. <laughs> but yeah, this, this comment. It's not, she's just, Kelly it's Dodd is just. completely freaking insensitive. And I felt like her apology, she was being really defensive. Like just be. Just I think because a lot of the stuff she says, like is taken out of context sometimes. And like. That one, it's like, how no, else is yeah. taken? But I feel like everyone just goes at, like she opens her mouth and everyone, I'm not defending her in any way. I think she's just the type of person where like everyone goes after everything she says um, because she has said some pretty wild shit. So um, this is just one of those things. So yeah, that definitely lands on the list. That, that was bad. Yeah. And um, 
Yeah, completely insensitive to all the people that have lost loved ones. If, yeah, if, she's going to be was, affected by it. She had to get tested. Like, you're going to yeah. be affected by it sooner rather than later. Like, and I know that's scary, and I'm not trying to, like, scare our listeners right now, right. but, like, somewhere down the line, like, you're going to know someone or, like, oh, you yeah. individually are going to be impacted by this. Like, yeah. this isn't something, so, like, you just, like, everyone right now needs to just, like, shut their mouths and, like, sit at home like this isn't political like this isn't like god knows what like it's an illness that the entire world is suffering right let's all just stick together on this on your damn couch fill up a wine glass and just shut your mouth until it's over yep it's not that hard (laughs) that wasn't my get off my chest (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness but a little crazy Uh, all right let's have some fun and we're moving back into our draft theme so we are going to play a game tonight it's called food for draft thought. So we took a look way back into the system, five years running um, the past five NFL drafts. Um, honestly, I had so much fun looking back at all of these. Me drafts. too. Oh my it's, God. And it's wild the shit that like we, I know. we uncovered. Because you forget. You see these stars on screen. You're like, damn, they were drafted like in the sixth round. Like what's going on? Yeah. Um, so from each of these years, we are going to decide who is the best first round pick what second round pick should have been a first round pick? Um, who has been the best pick so far outside of the first two rounds? And give a letter grade for the New York Giants first round pick. Yeah. Um, so we are going from 2019 to 2015. I, in my order on my computer right now, I have 2019 to start. Me too. Okay, yep. good. All right. So we are just going to go right through them. So um, we are... Uh, yeah, let's go right through them. So 2019, who was the best first round pick? Uh, best first round pick, defensive player, defensive rookie of the year, could have been an easy, could have been thrown out there for defensive player of the year amongst the entire league. Uh, defensive end, Nick Bosa, he went number two. Hands down. Yep. Let's go 49ers. I picked the same thing and there was, and that was a no brainer there. Yep. Um, number two, what second round pick should have been drafted in the first round? I said this earlier in the show. I'm so unbelievably impressed with the way the Niners have drafted over the last several years. I'm going uh, wide receiver Debo Samuel. He was taken at number 36. And I do have little itty bitty notes for some of these. So I wanted to uh, point out that he was a third wide receiver taken. Marquise Brown, who, who was a good pick, went to Baltimore at 25. Nikhil Harry went to New England at number 32. And I just think, obviously, Nikhil Harry, but I think Debo Samuel is the best wide receiver out of this bunch, out of that draft. Um, getting in the second round was a great pick. Wait, I think I messed this up. Because I'm, sur- I'm surprised you didn't say my guy's name. All right, we'll say it. No, but I'm looking it up online because I think I messed it up. Because <laughs> I can't say anything and like screw myself over. How about a, I'm going to go on. To oh, no, I don't know. I was right. I was right. I, I picked DK Metcalf. I was so surprised. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. I got, I think, I got I so nervous. Very, I have to be very honest. I, you know, getting DK, DK was a third rounder, I think. No? Oh, that's what I screwed up then. Wait, yeah, I think, though, no, he was the last pick in the second round, I think. I thought he was a third rounder, but either way, DK, I screwed up then. DK was a great pick where he was taken, but I still think Debo Samuel is better than DK Metcalf. No, I think that's fair. I was just, I, and I, I probably yeah. screwed that one up. No, but I honestly, I think I, it, he's one of those names, like, then when he popped up, I was like, 
first of all, he was just picked last year. He hasn't been playing in the team. He was one of those people for me. Yeah, I remember there was all he had massive uh, draft buzz swirling around him last yeah. last year, and I think everybody was surprised to see him go as late as he went. Yeah, maybe he wasn't, but maybe I did screw that one up. Um, so number three, who has been the best pick so far outside of the first two rounds? I know that this might sound biased, but I just Darius Slayton. That 17, <laughs> 17 wide receivers were taken before Darius Slayton was taken by the New York Giants in the fifth round, pick number 171 overall. I'm not going to embarrass some of the wide receivers that were taken before. Don't do if it. You read those 17 names. <laughs> yeah. It's truly embarrassing the the wide receivers yeah. have for him. So I actually so as when you sent this over to me when that question he was the first thing that popped into mind. Even you know me, I'm biased all the time on the show. And I'm completely. I know, biased. but that but then when I looked into it, I was like, God damn! Like I was right. Like my instincts were completely correct. I yeah. did have him as a secondary though. My first one I actually put down was Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew at pick number he, six. So, so he was someone I thought about as well. Yeah. And I was like, you know what, Darius Slayton, I I gotta get. Yeah. It. I I technically gave it to both of them. So. Yeah. Um, and number four, give a letter grade uh, for the Giants for their first pick. So obviously, Mr. Daniel Jones. It's so hard to it's sometimes hard. grade a rookie quarterback because you certainly expect them to have hiccups. We've seen greats like Peyton Manning his rookie season throw a crap ton of interceptions. I feel as though Daniel Jones, a fair grade for him is a B. I don't think we I saw anything that's going to make you do crazy, crazy backflips. Yeah. I don't think we saw anything that made me feel like, oh, crap, like we picked wrong. Mm. I feel like he's solid, he's good, and he has great potential. I gave him a B as well. Yeah. All right, moving into 2018, who was the best first-round pick? I mean, and, and the greatest part is, is he was the very last pick in the first round at number 32, Lamar the Baltimore Ravens taking quarterback Lamar Jackson. I picked him as well. Um, and, it, and it's, again, it's funny, you know, when I first opened up your email and read this, like immediately I thought Saquon Barkley, but then when I was analyzing going yeah. through, I was like, damn, like, you know, you always, for, you always forget that he was that. <laughs> um, the also, last Baltimore Ravens traded um, into yeah. the first at that spot and took him and he was like the fifth quarterback taken by the way and yeah. you know in his second year uh at the quarterback position is the mvp of the entire league you hit a freaking home run absolutely no other way around it good for them um what second round pick should have been drafted in the first round this was so easy for me in my uh, opinion well i actually thought there was a, a couple of good second rounders here that could have been in the first to me i feel like i'm definitely giving love to linebacker darius leonard um mm -hmm. indianapolis colts he was picked at number 36. he led the league in tackles his rookie year he was defensive rookie of the year he was a first team all pro and he made the pro bowl in his second year and was a second team all pro this past season he is phenomenal i went with nick chubb that was a no-brainer for Nick me. Chuck, that was my second pick. That And yeah. I, again, I really feel like there were some I, really players. He was one of those people. So there's a lot of people, like, on my list that just, like, popped into my head without me even going through and, and analyzing and looking at people. And he was one of those people right away. In my opinion, I need to look at who else was picked in the second round. That kid was a first-round pick, no-brainer. Well, well, if you did, there were a lot of really good people. Oh, yeah. So... Absolutely. I agree with yours. I agree with mine. Those are two guys 100% should have been in the first round. Yeah. 
Ooh, so my answer for this one's a little interesting, but okay. who has been the best pick so far outside of the first two rounds? I feel like I'm going to get crucified for this, but whatever. Well, mine is interesting because my answer, this guy didn't even get drafted. I have Philip Lindsay running back from the Denver Broncos. He went undrafted. He, uh, he rushed for over a thousand yards in his first two seasons. In, in one season, he had nine rushing touchdowns. In another one, he had seven touchdowns. And 20 running backs were taken in the draft that year, and he was not one of them. I mean, mm. that to me is insane. That's, yeah. that's phenomenal. So That is great. I don't even think I looked at undrafted people, so <laughs> good for you. <laughs> I made it to like the sixth round on each one. I was like, I can't look anymore. Um, so I actually went with Bradley Bozeman, uh, left guard for the Baltimore Ravens. He was okay. in the sixth round. Um, and here's why I picked him. And I, there was a lot of guys on this list. Like, I don't want to be crucified for this. So he is an <laughs> Alabama boy. So obviously okay. I know him very well. Um, so you know me and offensive linemen. They are, to me, they're the star of the show. You can rave about your quarterback. You can rave about your wide receivers. But at the end of the day, it's what your line puts up for you. Yeah. Um, the, so he uh, played in all games his uh, rookie season. Um, he only started one or two of them, I believe. Started all um, of the 2019 season for the Ravens. Obviously, look how good the Ravens were yeah. last year. and Look how good your quarterback was. Sure. Uh, so clearly the kid's a solid lineman. Um, and right now, they're questioning the whole right side of the line. The left side of the line is solid. He is being one of them. So I'm just – I don't have, like, all right. biggest stats for you. But out of all these guys, okay. these are the ones I looked at. So. All right. Give a letter grade for the Giants' first pick. Well, it was running back Saquon Barkley at number two. I don't think you can give him anything other than an A. A plus. <laughs> I gave an A. I gave an A only because. And I Are did, pluses and minuses a thing? Yes. Yes. I, I've incl I included some pluses and minuses. It's not an A plus only because, and this isn't necessarily his fault. I just feel like we haven't seen his full potential because he has had such a crappy offensive line. Yeah. I so agree. I feel like he's an A. But, oh, my God, give that kid an A-plus line. Like, give him Ezekiel Elliott's yeah. line, and he's going to be insane. So I'm giving an A. Perfect. All right, moving into 2017, who was the best first-round pick? This was, like, almost a head-scratcher for me. I wasn't expecting when this pick happened, but Kansas City at number 10 decided to go for quarterback Patrick Mahomes. I know. I think overall right now, that's great. But I went with Christian McCaffrey. He's your highest paid yeah, that's running a, that's back right now. He yeah. was phenomenal. I just but think he right was now, good at the time. Like when they picked yeah. him, it was a no brainer in the first round. I think people did scratch their heads when Patrick Mahomes. They were like, Wait, yeah, no, it was really because the, the Chiefs like Mitch Trubisky Alex, went. Yeah. The Chiefs still had Alex Smith. They were still like a playoff team. So yeah. when they took Patrick Mahomes, I was like, I didn't even necessarily know they were going to go yeah. for a quarterback. So um, Patrick Mahomes is, he's the best player in the NFL right now. So I have to, I have to give it to him. I mean, I'll never forget, like, it's kind of like sidetracking, but one of our, I think it was our first episode of this show. We spoke about the fact that they sat, they benched, not benched, they decided to sit him for one of the games. Right, because they Patrick were making the playoff. playoff. And they put Patrick Mahomes right. in. And that was like one of our first topics that we yeah. ever went over. Like, I'll never forget I that. remember it very clearly, yeah. And here we are now, like, look at it. <laughs> no, I know. We're getting old. I know, I know. Um, what second round pick should have been drafted in the first round? 
Uh, I have running back Dalvin Cook. That's why taken, I, yeah. All right. He was taken uh, by the Minnesota Vikings, pick number 41. Uh, he was the third running back taken. Fournette went at number four. McCaffrey went at eight. Obviously, McCaffrey is a stud. Fournette's yeah. battled some injuries. I'd certainly rather have Dalvin Cook yeah. over Leonard Fournette. Um, Dalvin rushed for 1,100-plus yards this past season, 13 touchdowns, plus the kid can catch. He had 519 receiving yards. And yeah, he's, he's a stud. He's a, he's a top five running back in the league. Absolutely. Number three, who has been the best pick so far outside of the first two rounds? This was another twofer for me, but I think someone, I know who- Someone who I called, I was like, you guys all need to pay attention to this kid. Yeah. Fifth round, San Francisco 49ers, number 146, <laughs> tight end, George Kittle. George Kittle. I mean, come yeah. on. And, and, and I just want to point out that I counted eight, count them, eight tight ends were taken before Kittle. And that's that. wild. Um, I do have George Kittle too, um, but before him, I do have Alvin Kamara. The fact that he was yes. picked in the third round, that like, that was one of the things when I opened up these like spreadsheets to look at yeah. them, I was like, what? I know. No. <laughs> Listen, I saw Alvin Kamara first because obviously he was in the third. And I was like, okay, Alvin Kamara's my answer. And then I scrolled down. I'm like, oh wait, no, I yeah. can't forget about George Kittle. No. Yeah. So I, I had the two of them. Phenomenal, phenomenal picks. Yeah. But like, I live for this stuff. Like so yeah. good. Um, so give a letter grade for the Giants first pick. Yeah, this was tight end Evan, Evan Ingram, Ingram. At number 23. And I remember being really surprised. I didn't know that we were going to like necessarily be targeting, um, a tight end, but at 23, it's kind of like where the chips fall. You know what I mean? Like you're yeah. getting towards the end of the uh, end of the first round. And he's so hard to grade because when he's healthy, like he's great, but he's so never consistently healthy. And it's so tough. Apparently the 49ers want him. But I still feel like when he's healthy, yeah, I don't, I I still think the Giants could look at trading him. I I, I agree. Yeah. So when Evan Ingram is healthy, I think he is like, a top five tight end. But again, the inconsistency hurts him and I'm giving him a B. I give him a B as well. Um, I think I was more so looking like at the time when we did take him and like how he kind of produced right away. I was very happy with what he gave to the Giants right away. He's a good, listen, when he's healthy, he's such a great weapon for us. I mean, any team would kill to have him. He's just gotta be on the field. Yeah, no, absolutely. So yeah. All right, moving into 2016. I can't believe this was this long ago, but who was the the best first round pick? You know, I don't like his personality issues, but I'm going with running back Ezekiel Elliott. Me too. Kills me, but me too. Dallas took him at number four. And as much as he kind of like, you know, you don't want to deal with his off off, um, season stories, his personality issues, but it doesn't take away from the fact that he's like a top three running back in the league. So, yeah. What second round pick should have been drafted in the first? I know for a fact you definitely took who I took. I have wide receiver Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas, because three wide receivers went before him. Yes. No, 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 no. Five did. Four. I, I only get three. Oh, Five. my God. I can't you count. You missed well, out. And I wrote, I wrote down these names specifically. Oh, who did I miss? Because none of them are better than him. None of them are even close. Well, that's what pissed me off. Other people I just wrote down. I didn't really look at anyone else. This one pissed me off to no end. Wait, I only counted three people. We had Michael Thomas going to the New Orleans Saints in the second at number 47. We had five wide receivers taken before him. Um, and I feel as though, like, 
So Michael Thomas was the sixth wide receiver, right? Okay. I feel as though for the first four, he's so much I, – I feel as though the best two out of those six are Michael Thomas at six and who was taken as the fifth wide receiver. So are you yeah. ready for this? We had, in order, Corey Coleman, yeah. Will Fuller, Josh Doxson, Laquan Treadwell, and who I think is the second best out of the bunch being the fifth wide receiver taken, Sterling Shepard. Oh, duh. I don't know why I was, like, not thinking that. Um, and no offense to Corey. Like, I, Corey Coleman, obviously, he's on the Giants. Like, I like him, too. Yeah, like, he's be good. The, but to be the not first wide receiver. Michael Thomas! <laughs> I know. Michael Thomas is the best wide receiver in the NFL right now. He I know! So, it's like, it kills me. He's one of those picks, and we'll get into it in the 2015 round that makes me want to shoot myself in the fucking forehead. And, and but, like, I... <laughs> Sterling Shepard went seven picks before Michael Thomas. And he's good and, like, love Sterling Shepard, but, like, oh, my God. It makes you scratch your head and think, like, what did they see on tape or what did they see at the combine that people weren't doing backflips over Michael Thomas? Oh, I know. I know. Um, Who has been the best pick so far out of the first two rounds? To me, I thought this was a no Outside. Outside of the first two rounds. What did I say? I said outside of the first two rounds. Oh, maybe I just heard you wrong. Um, Okay, so listen, I have to respect anybody, any team that is able to find their franchise quarterback out of the first two rounds. Even usually you only find your franchise quarterback usually in the first round, right? Oh, I know who you picked. I'm I'm giving respect, and it sucks again too, but I'm giving respect to the Dallas Cowboys drafting their franchise quarterback and Dak Prescott in the fourth round at pick number 135 overall. Listen, I think that's fair, and I definitely thought about putting him on my list as well. Um, but to see him next to a name of Yannick Njoku, hell yeah, I was going with Njoku because yeah, I want him yeah. to be on the Giants right now. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so <laughs> this is where it gets fun. Give um, a letter grade for your Giants first pick. So we had quarterback Eli Apple. He went F. number 10 overall, and I uh, definitely think that was a reach. He shouldn't have gone at 10. No. He should have gone later. And, you know, he was able to come in right away for us, and he was able to to get starts as a rookie, and that's what you want in a first-rounder. But he was obviously quoted as being a cancer to the team, and I didn't think I that agree. he lived up to any of his potential. I'm giving him a C-. minus. I gave him an F. I don't like him. <laughs> It's that simple. Um, moving into 2015, who was your the, who was the best first round pick? And this is what makes me want to shoot myself in the forehead. What did you pick? I I got to say I wasn't too impressed by the 2015 draft. I um, wasn't, but uh, but I am I'm actually going. This is this is my latest first rounder. Oh no, I'm sorry. Lamar Jackson was number 32. This is my second latest. Uh, pick number 18, the Kansas City Chiefs took cornerback Marcus Peters. Yeah. So just in case you forget this guy's resume, three-time pro bowler, <laughs> two-time first-team yeah. all-pro, two-time second-team all-pro, NFL defensive rookie of the year. This guy, he's been bouncing around like he's about to play for the Baltimore Ravens on his third team. So I kind of kind of hate when I see like such a stud like that, like not just – be solidified on like yeah. one team and stay there his whole career. But Marcus Peters is no joke. He's he's a phenomenal cornerback. So I went with Mr. Todd Gurley and why I want to shoot myself in the forehead is because the Giants picked Eric Flowers right before the, yeah. uh, Todd Gurley was picked. And I was just like, I you know. know what? You know what? 
if we had played this game like one year ago, my answer would have been Todd Gurley. But whatever the fuck, sorry. I know there's a lot whatever of whatever the f is going on. With oh, me. I said the I said effing before. Sorry, we usually <laughs> whatever, don't first. Whatever the f is going on with Todd Gurley, it seems as though this is a man going downhill. And for somebody who was only drafted five years ago, like he. Sh- he shouldn't be going and who was like the top running back in the league. Like he was the guy. I think he's going downhill. I just think he's going downhill. I think there's just some questions that need to be fit solved for. I, I don't think he's going downhill. He he needs his career to be resurrected. It could so. happen. There's been worse. Listen, there's been a lot worse. Um, it could happen. It could happen. He, we'll could be, he could be Eric Flowers, and we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, <laughs> what second round pick should have been drafted in the first round? I give a lot of um, love to defensive players in Ooh, my answer from the person. 2015 draft. I went with linebacker Eric Kendricks oh, uh, no. from the Minnesota Vikings. He was drafted <laughs> number 45. Uh, he's he's been a first team All Pro. Um, he's been a, he was a Pro Bowler this past season. He's really come into his own and been like a defensive star for them. So. I'm going with him. Oh, well, I thought we were going to pick the same person, um, but I'm going with Mr. Frank Clark, defensive end of the Kansas City Chiefs. So he's obviously a monster. Um, so to see that he went in the second round, it was one of those other like, eye-opening things. Yeah. Um, okay, so who has been the best pick so far um, out of the first two rounds? So again, I went with two people on this yeah one. nobody nobody truly truly dazzled me i again i was i feel like this was a little bit of a lackluster draft out of, it was out of bunch. um but again i went with a defensive player and another player for the minnesota vikings they have great defense i went with defensive end daniel hunter um that's a good one yeah he's a super impressive player he's a second team all pro he's yeah. made the pro bowl twice um and in the past two seasons he's had the same sack uh, Mark, in these past two seasons, he's collected 14 and a half sacks. He's one of the sack leaders every every season. And, you know, I mean, I can't even remember the last time a guy for us had 14 and a half sacks. So I show, I show. I don't even know the last time the Giants actually had a sack in general. So. Exactly, exactly. So I show great appreciation to the, to the art of the sack. Oh, I love the sack. Um, yeah. It sounds so gross. Um, <laughs> Um, I went with two people. So I went with Tyler Lockett. He was picked in the third round. Um, and then I went with Jay Ajayi, who was picked in the fifth round. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly, I don't think Jay Ajayi is so much in the mix anymore. But at the time and being a fifth round pick, that was definitely yeah. good at the time. Interesting fact about Jay Ajayi. He actually is in esports now. He's what? He's in esports. What like, do you mean? Like gaming, like the gaming world. He's like a... I can't really explain it, but he he does that too. <laughs> I can't. I don't know what it is, but like he got drafted by like so he's like in esports. So. Okay, fun All fact. Right. And then finally, give a letter grade for the Giants' first pick, Mr. Eric Flowers. You go ahead because you'll probably be a lot nicer than me. No, I won't. Um, you didn't think you could get much worse than Eli Apple, and then we have offensive tackle Eric Flowers being taken at number nine. And I don't. <laughs> he was he was probably the worst pick of the draft that year. He's getting an F. Yeah, of course he's getting an F because he sucks. Literally sucks. Literally sucks. But you you have to admit this was a way 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 worse pick than Eli Apple was. 
Absolutely, but like, this was like the creme de la creme. And it pisses me off because we got Landon Collins in the second round. Great pick on our. I mean, not great yeah. right now, but. But listen, I, I remember like I Giants fans have looked at this, and this was before we had Saquon Barkley. So like Todd Gurley went right after at number ten. Um, Melvin Gordon went a couple picks after that. There's some really good guys that win after our nine pick. At nine, you should be getting a solid guy. And from day one, he didn't pan out. And you kind of like didn't breathe down his neck because he was a rookie. But he just never, ever, ever. How many people breathe down Will Hernandez's neck when he was a rookie? I know, but like not like, I mean... I'm no, willing to trash. give I'm really I'm willing to give rookies like a little bit of a break before I really like go crazy on them. Like, okay, how many times did we watch Daniel Jones fumble this season? And I told you oh, I'm only letting it go this season. If I see this he's shit next year, I'm gonna freak the hell out. I know. So to me, it's like Eric Flowers, it's like, okay, you're one. It was, you know, didn't really look very good. Um, and he just it felt like he just got worse. Oh my yeah. god. And they just weren't willing to bench him when the, he should have been benched like two seasons before he was. He was benched like once, like boo hoo. Uh, you suck, Eric Flowers. Yeah, it was bad. I bad. hope you're listening to this podcast. You're trash. Yeah, bad drafts. And then somehow Tom Coughlin gets fired, but Jerry Reese was able to keep his job. Listen, this can be a whole episode. <laughs> Get it off my chest. Good segue. <laughs> Good segue. No, great segue. No, that was a fun game. And it was, again, like I said, definitely interesting to go back um, and see all of those. Yeah, it's know, a walk down memory lane. And- all those players again, like everything like that, like to see who was picked when. And there was names that we didn't even touch on. Like yeah. I I honestly recommend like you guys going out there. Go look at the drafts from the past five years. You my will find my favorite thing is like my eyes lighting up when I see like the guys that are studs right now that win yeah. the rounds. And if you just, and this is the easiest way to look at it um, on Wikipedia. If you Google, you know, 2017 yeah. NFL draft through Wikipedia, they'll show you all the picks when they win, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but there is a Wikipedia tab that says notable undrafted free uh, free agents. So if you click that, you can see guys that were phenomenal that weren't even yeah. selected in the draft that are ended up having great professional careers. So I, I, that's what I love seeing. Yeah, no, I agree. All right. Well, that was a great game, as you said. Let's get it into our get it off our chest for the week. Positive, negative, housewives, football, wine, coronavirus, quarantine life, quarantine status. Tell us how you're feeling this week. Yeah, so it's our the quarantine diaries. Um, yeah, I'll keep it. I'll keep it short and sweet and to the point. I mean, you know, it's we're on quarantine like week five or six, I think. Um, fortunate for me, uh, work is pretty busy for me. I've been working nonstop, so I'm fortunate enough to you know have a job. You know, still like I'm very happy about that. It is a little crazy, but it's keeping my mind off a lot of things. Um, I'm not just working. You know, it fills up your day. It feels, it feels a lot of my day. So yeah, um, I'm, I'm getting into a pretty steady routine of work, working out, working out twice a day, um, which is great. I did hurt my shoulder today, though, so I think I might take tomorrow off. It, like, really hurts. Um, so it's <laughs> too much. Um, so <laughs> too much working out. Um, but it's good. I mean, like, I um, this past weekend, I built an island for my kitchen, like a rollaway island. I had two things in there that I really wanted to get out that were like, they were like shelves units. I just didn't really like them. They were from the previous owner of my house. She, she sent me a lot of Snapchats of it and it was giving me a headache looking at oh, it. It took, took me about like six hours. Realized afterwards that if I had a power drill, it probably would have taken me like four hours. That's um, too long for me. 
but I'm proud. Um, yeah. I put, you know, to put something together and to like see it, I screwed up on two areas and like, I won't like, they're still screwed up. I don't think I'm going to fix them, but no um, I'm just like so happy. Like every time I walk into my kitchen now and see the islands, like my eyes light up and I'm like, oh my God, it's so good. <laughs> I got a new shower curtain and I got, I think I said it on last week episode. Yes, I, got new yes. I got new bedding. So I got, I mean, I'm shifting things or rocking and rolling over there. I was like looking good. Um, you know, catching up on all my shows. So like, yeah. you know, um, watching everything, um, and just, I don't know. Like, I, I think in this, this past week, I've been in a genuinely good mood. So um, very happy for that. So I do think, and I've been trying to do like one little thing, like every night, it's like the other night I got that new shower curtain. I changed the shower curtain last yeah. night. I did like some generic cleaning around the house. Um, so I've been trying to, like, I have an Amazon Alexa I have to set up. Yeah. Um, or an echo, whatever the hell they're called. I, I definitely agree with you. I, I've been giving myself like goals of the week. Like these are yeah. tasks that like I have the time to complete them. Yeah. Let's complete them. Let's do it. So I've been trying yeah. to do like one thing like each night. Cause like my day is very like scheduled. So I'm up in the morning, I'm getting ready for work. And I actually have been getting ready for work too. Like Good. doing my hair and makeup and like wearing actual clothes actual tops. I'm wearing sweatpants on the bottom. Um, so let's be honest here. I did wear, I did wear jeans the other day. Um, but it was whatever, just to make sure I fit in them. Um, so that, and then like once I'm done, you know, I'm, I'm working out during work and then I go and I work out after work and I have dinner, you know what I mean? So like it's, I'm on a very strict schedule. So I, I do make sure that like I put time aside to do like one thing per night. So I do definitely need another hobby though. I loved, you know, doing this little construction project this past weekend. So I might do something again. Oh, maybe I'll, I, I wish we were in quarantine. I'd just send you over to my house and, and get, <laughs> get you started on a bunch of projects, but. Yeah. So we'll see what I can, you know, maneuver <laughs> this weekend. So, but yeah, so just all, all good things. So definitely sure. getting through. I'm excited for the draft tomorrow. It's so the normalcy you know we go to the, we look at the draft every year so I'm looking yeah. forward to it all right very good very good and uh, I'm giving you my my quarantine update of what to watch for the week um I started and I know Caitlin did as well um we watched the first two episodes of the documentary mini series called The Last Dance really good. um it is following the 1997 to 1998 NBA season of the Chicago Bulls. Obviously, you've got Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Tony Kukoc, uh, Dennis Rodman, all those guys, and mm. obviously Phil Jackson at, at head coach. And it's something that they've been showing a lot of like clips of, and I was just like counting down and waiting for it. And so yeah. it airs um, on Sundays. This past Sunday was the first two episodes. This upcoming Sunday will be the next two episodes. There's 10 total episodes um, and such a good watch, especially for us sports fans that are really missing sports right now. Like, this is what we need. Like, it's really, like, I know we all had, like, the Tiger King and we were all like, oh, thank God for the Tiger King because it's, like, hit the spot. Yeah. But, like, this for, like, especially for sports fans is, like, this is the Tiger oh, King we were waiting for, right? <laughs> this is the Tiger King. So, like, we didn't know we were waiting for Tiger King. We didn't know no. that was going to be the phenomenon. We didn't know we needed that in our lives. But we knew we needed the last We needed the last year. The only thing I'm going to get off my chest is in regards to what I've seen so far through two episodes. Um, we have that season where Scotty Pippen was being, he had signed a seven year deal, which you're just never going to see nowadays. Like it's yeah. too long of a contract. Um, you know, you only sign a couple of years that way you readjust it based on your performance. And Scotty Pippen was 
you know, maybe the second best player in the NBA at that time, just behind his teammate, Michael Jordan. And he was being vastly underpaid. I mean, he was the only sixth highest paid guy on the team and like a hundred and something highest paid in the NBA. So he was very frustrated, understandably. Um, but what happened to him is he had gotten injured the season before and he could have gotten his surgery in the summer and been ready to go like day one of the NBA season. And because he was so bitter and so angry with the GM um, and management and not structuring his contract and getting paid more money, he decided, you know what, if they told me like they're just going to trade me after this season anyway, and they're not paying me this money, then I'm just going to do the surgery at the beginning of the season. I'll just sit out the majority of the season. So this was a piss poor attitude in my opinion. And I feel like the way that this was set up, these first two episodes, um, shows you night and day the attitude between Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen, because you also get a look at when uh, Michael Jordan was in his second year with the Bulls, just just a young buck. Uh, he He was injured and he missed some time. And you would have thought you had to put this guy in like straps, like on a gurney to hold him back from coming back to the court and playing because he was so disgustingly competitive and loved basketball and never believed in tanking, never believed in losing. Oh, we're not going to make the playoffs. So who cares about this game? No, he played every single game to win and they had to hold him back from coming back from injury too early. And then you had a guy like Scotty Pippen who was okay just to sit out. And yeah. me speaking to somebody who loves sports and who played sports when I was younger and someone who was really competitive, I can't even imagine, like, I get that he was bitter, but I can't imagine getting yeah. back at them by sitting just being and okay. not, because yes. I, it would kill me. I would want to play. Like, are you kidding? That's the type of the person that's in it for the money, though, and not really in exactly. it for. So that, to me, is the perfect, like, night and day difference between Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. And yeah. as much as I agree with the fact that Scottie Pippen was underpaid and he had every right uh, to yeah. off, it's a really strange way to go about it. Like, don't you love basketball? Don't you want to like, don't you have a competitive spirit yeah. and fire that you would want to be out there on the court and you're not pissed off at your teammates, your brothers who you want to have one last season with to try and win another championship. Why the hell would you not want to be out there? That's strange to me. So I hated yeah. that. And I didn't, again, like we were so young. Caitlin was in kindergarten when the season went on and I was in second grade. So we don't remember the ins and outs of this, but yeah. Um, reliving it and seeing it, it's like wow like I can't even imagine like if Michael Jordan was in that situation he would never yeah. you could pay Michael Jordan like 50 bucks and he'd be like I still want right. to that court I'm in. yeah right I'm in. like you know what I mean so that pissed yeah. me off but it's a great watch and it really is a huge sports fan it's just something out there that's that's yeah. fascinating that people are talking about so check it out I agree yeah and I'm not a huge basketball but I mean I give credit where credit's due like Michael right. Jordan is literally the greatest of all time um but like it just to me it, it, it's it's truly incredible to watch this kind it's of stuff, fascinating so. watch so for Absolutely. sure definitely everybody should check it out again this upcoming Sunday episodes three and four but you can catch episodes one and two on demand so yeah catch up and, and get ready
Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us tonight, these past couple of weeks and the weeks to come. We are here to serve you, give you guys the content that you want. So do not miss. Get this down. Write it down. Get your calendars out. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills actually started tonight um, at 8 p.m. I know we went a little long tonight, which is fine. Uh, New York is on tomorrow um, at 9 p.m. And Atlanta is still going strong Sunday at 8 p.m. So 23. I know. They're like, it's just, that's it. it's just it. That's it for the rest of your life. They're never going to end. It's just, this is it. Um, the NFL draft is tomorrow night. We cannot express our excitement enough. Yeah. Um, we'll probably do a little bit of a live sequence on our Instagram. So definitely look forward to that at the real football fans of NJ. Um, it is from Thursday to Saturday. Round one airs tomorrow night at 8 p.m. sharp. Round two and three are on Friday at 7 p.m. And rounds four through seven are on Saturday at 12 p.m. So Get your little day drink on on Saturday. Hell yes. to the yeah. Um, you can watch on ABC, ESPN, and the NFL Network. So make sure, listen, pay your cable bills. Pay everything that you have to do. Make sure it's yes. all locked and loaded. If you don't have cable, make sure it's on your computer. Make sure it's there. So yes. we're ready for it. Again, keep a lookout. Even, you know, after our live stream tomorrow, we'll be posting everything that's going on, keeping you guys informed of who's getting picked, who's doing yes. what. Um, so just stay in touch with us during this time, and we will catch you next week. Thank you guys so much for joining us tonight. Goodbye. Thank Cheers. you. Enjoy the draft. Enjoy this week of Housewives. Good night. Hold on. Got to stop recording. Goodbye. <laughs>